Okay, so November 22nd, 2022 at 2 p.m. in the Downtown Marceline Foundation offices. Jack White. Uh, I'm Dave Tavers. How old are you now? Uh, 87. 87. And, yeah. and how long have you been in Marceline? Since 1939. What, and what brought you to Marceline? Uh, my dad worked for the Sinclair Pipeline Company, and that is where Hertz is now. And uh, that was a pumping station. And back then, they had a pumping station about every 50 miles. Like uh, there was one here, there was one at Carrollton. Huh. And there was one at La Plata. And then Wicomda uh, was the next one. Got it. Pumping oil. Uh -huh. Pumping crude oil. Crude oil. Crude oil, yeah. They would pump it from the field to the refinery in Illinois. I can't remember the name of the town now in Illinois where the refinery was. Wow. Uh, but he worked for the Sinclair Pipeline for uh, 45 years, I think it was. So 1939 you came here. Uh -huh. How old were you? Uh, four years old when I came. Do you remember the trip? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. From Paola, Kansas, where we moved from. And, uh, uh, yeah, we had uh, Reams uh, Moving Company from Brookfield moved us, and that's, they've long, uh, <laughs> long went gone. out of business, and, and the family, uh, I don't know if there are any of the family still around over there or not. Wow. But anyway, they, uh, they had a moving company then, and they moved us from Paola up here, and we lived, uh, over in 219 West Hal, and uh, lived there for about five years, I guess, and uh, then moved over on the, across the railroad tracks over on Number 5 Highway at uh, 602 North Missouri. It's the corner of uh, Crocker and Missouri Avenue. Good memory. Yes. Uh, so, and that's where we lived, and uh, until we sold uh, sold the place, my mother uh, ended up a widow, and eventually went to the housing, and so we sold the place. Uh, Got it. So you moved here when you were four. When you were about nine, you guys moved over to Highway Five. Uh huh. Do you? What schools did you go to? Uh, where I uh, where Pringers is now, there was a school there, and it was called Park School. And uh, they had, well, Marceline was divided by the railroad tracks because of the trains and everything. So on that side of the, on the east side of the railroad tracks, you had the high school. And then you had a central school. And that was uh, uh, first, second, third, and fourth grades. And then seventh and eighth, okay. And over on this side of the railroad tracks, west side at Park School, you had first, second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth over there. Hmm. So when you got in the fifth grade, if you lived on the east side of the railroad tracks, you had to cross the railroad tracks <laughs> for two years and come over to uh, uh, Park School and go to the 5th and 6th grade over there. 
And then eventually they tore down Park School and built yes, yes. Marceline High School. Uh-huh. They built uh, what they call and the middle, middle school, and that took the place of uh, Park. Uh-huh. And Walt Disney had all the grades then up to, to middle school. So to tangent for a second, you know, Walt Disney went to Park School as well mm-hmm. when he lived here. In 1939-40, when you were, would have been at that school, was uh, Snow White came out in 1939. Yeah. Was that a big deal? Do you do you have any uh, memories of... Uh, no, I don't remember that being that big of a deal back then. Of course, you have to understand uh, what was going on in the country, too. You know, the Second World War was about right. to break out, and everybody's attention was to Elsewhere. that. But... Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, there was talk about it. I, I can remember uh, the older people, my folks and them, talking, talking about it. Talking about. It. I just didn't know if the school made a big deal saying, hey, the guy that just did that big movie went to your school kind of a thing. Uh, I don't ever remember that, that part. It's okay. That, just, but, I was just curious. But, uh, you know, I was younger. Maybe the fifth and sixth graders had some, something. I, right. I, but, you were a little bit too young. Yeah, I don't remember that, that much. Got it. it. So we just, I figured, I didn't know if you are going to be here for long, so we just started, I just started asking questions. I didn't know what your format was, what you wanted to do. Well, um, I had a list of questions. Did you get that that list from Ross? I don't think so. Um, Back quite a long time ago, I don't know if I can pull it up. But I know Jack and I talked at the, when we were doing Apple Better, we were talking about uh, one of the questions that Ross had asked me to find out was about on the theater, was there a black section, a specified oh, black yeah. section? What all about that? So, uh, and that was. So there were a couple of theaters here in town at the time. Uh, one time, yes, but and then uh, it was what, two doors down from here was. Uh, Mm-hmm. I can't Eagle? Remember. I can't remember what e- it was. I think Eagle, the Eagle Theater, something like that. I've seen the picture. I've seen a picture of it and seen it on uh, the fire maps. Maybe, maybe that was it. But it, it burned down, and so that just left. And this was a, a, a what do you call it, franchise theater. Mm-hmm. And they would have uh, different managers, you know, just like any other business. They would move on to, uh, I'm sure... Uh, a better paying theater than than this was, but uh, back then that was pretty much the communication. I mean, you got all your news off the off the newsreel that they always had, you know, included in every show. They had a newsreel, and yeah. that caught you up on the world situation. So when you, I imagine you went there from little kid all the way through high school. Um, do you remember? Was there was we know that there was the Lincoln School, the Black School. Well, do you remember if there was a divided section at the theater? Was it well, segregated? Uh, I don't know if there was any written rules about it, but they. But as you walk into the theater, theater, there's two doors: one on the north, and right inside that north door on that, that's where all the colored people. Sat usually sat there. Yeah, got it. In, in that section, and uh, they 
you know, they never bothered anybody, and we never bothered sure. bother, bother them, you know. That, yeah. That's just that's just the way it was. The way the time was ordered back then. Yes, yeah. Do you remember, do you remember what movie you first saw in the theater? Uh, or any memories of the movie oh, theaters? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The first one was that I can, outside of maybe the uh, Saturday afternoon matinees, they was always a Western. They had those cereals, you know, uh, that uh, Red Rider and and Lash LaRue and all, all right. those every Saturday. So you went Saturday afternoon to the show and... Uh, but uh, the, I talked my folks into letting me go to the theater. I had an older sister, four years older than I was. And uh, Frankenstein meets a wolf man. <laughs> and so they let me go to that. With her? With her. <laughs> well, she wasn't any better than I was. She was scared to death, too. And, but she was sitting with a bunch of girls you know and everything and it, it was for uh probably five or six year old it was a pretty scary movie back <laughs> yeah, then yeah and uh i didn't sleep too good As a matter of fact <laughs> i went in and got in bed with my folks that night <laughs> for security <laughs> but that's the first really movie that i can really remember you know the, the side effects of that still <laughs> Stay with, with you. Yeah, it stayed with me for quite a while. Yeah, yes. And um, Ross asked about, he said, that his information says that a contractor named Fred Wolfskill was involved with the construction of that theater. Of which theater? Uh, the Uptown Theater? Uptown Theater. Uptown theater. Well, he got this information when he was working on the deal for Joe Peck. Got it. Fred Wolfskill. Lived, uh, he was a carpenter. And where, uh, uh, the old brick house. Or, the old red brick house. I thought that was a Wolfskill house. Yes, that's, that's where he lived. Okay. Yeah, and he, like, I never did know him have anything but a truck. Yeah, those people were old when I arrived. Uh, yeah. Come on the scene, so I, I don't, I don't remember ever meeting him, I went, uh, when we trick-or-treated, we would go yeah. up by there. But, but that was, uh, that's where he lived, and that's, he had a little barn back there, and that was sort of his shop. And uh, So you got here in 39 as a kid. Have you been in Marceline the whole time? Yes. Have you left? Yeah, yes. What did you do here in Marceline? I worked on the railroad. Doing what? Uh, I was a conductor. Uh, I started out uh, back then. You could get a miner's release if your parents would sell it. Uh, you had to be at least 16 years old. Okay. So anyway, uh, I was uh, 13 years old. <laughs> And pretty good-sized kid. Couldn't chew gum and walk at the same time. But anyway, uh, and I we, I talked my folks into signing this release, and I went to work on an extra gang. Now, this extra gangs back then, 
was this summer work. Uh, they needed extra help to work on the tracks and everything, so there was usually a summer job on the railroad back, back then. Uh, they had extra gangs out, and so that's what I went to work for. But the, they hired anybody and everybody. If you was able to walk, uh, they would hire you, you know, back then. And so there was all kinds of people out there. And this 13-year-old got educated real fast <laughs> on a lot of things, a lot of things I shouldn't have been educated on, but I got educated fast out there. Uh, for instance, uh, they had... The Santa Fe had a contract with Hanlon Supply, and they had a lot of extra gang workers that just lived there. I mean, that's, you know, and they had groceries in this, uh, uh, they had a car of their own, and uh, they had clothes, all kinds of clothes usually work clothes and things like that. But anyway, and you could buy all that, and they could take it out, and then they would take it out of your check. And uh, so anyway, and they furnished the cooks for these gangs. You had a cook and a mess car and a shower car and all that on these gangs. And, uh, but, so anyway, uh, the cooks were alcoholics. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they were. They were. Uh, they'd get there, and if you like, <laughs> for instance, you, you had aftershave lotion. Lotion. Sometimes they'd come up missing. They. I mean, they got pretty desperate. Wow. And sometimes, uh, like for dinner, one time we uh, we worked maybe two miles, three miles from wherever we was staying in these bunk cars and they would put you in usually in little towns like Buckland, Ethel, Elmer, Gibbs, even the little town outside of Kurtzville. If they had a siding and they could get this extra gang parked in there, all the cars, well that so anyway it wasn't there wasn't any grocery stores usually too too close some town. But uh, went in for dinner. Uh, the boss would load on a motor car and take two or three guys with him, and you'd go in, and the cook would have these sandwiches in a, in a sack, and usually an apple or an orange, and that was that was that was the dinner. And uh, got in there, and there wasn't anybody in camp. There wasn't any <laughs> sandwiches made. He just Walked off, just walked off. So I mean, that was what you what you had to put up with. This one guy was was a baker. He could make bread and rolls and anything like that. But when it came to cooking, anything else, it was bad, bad, bad. <laughs> but that, you know, that was part of the, I guess, part of your education. You appreciated. Good food when you got home, yeah. and uh, you wasn't too, you wasn't too picky about <laughs> what you had to eat. But anyway, and that's what we did. But you, you had all kinds of you had uh, they hired criminals back then or ex-criminals, people that had been in jail, and 
So uh, <coughs> that was. At 13, that was an education. Uh, yes. And so then the next year I had some experience, and so uh, I went back and worked again. And uh, I worked with some people that are still, still around here. One of them was Bob Cup. He owned Chevrolet uh, down here. And I worked, uh, we worked out on the extra gang together. But uh, Wayne Hines and there was some other people that... Uh, Wayne went to work on the railroad. He was an engineer. ended up uh, on working out here. And... Uh, but we just, uh, and then the next year uh, I was 15 and I still had miners release and I went to work on the signal department and we went to uh, Illinois. Uh, they wouldn't hire signal people in Missouri then and this was a two division railroad, Missouri division and Illinois division. But we could work out of Chillicothe, Illinois. That's where we had to go. And uh, so Bob and Wayne, with more money, working for the signal department. So we we, we went up there and, and worked the summer up there. But this the guy that was a signal supervisor over the Illinois division, he was a rough old boy. But you had to admire him because when we hired out, he said... Uh, now, when are you guys going to be going back to school? And uh, so we gave him a date, you know, and he said, okay, like it was the 15th of August. Right. He said, on the 14th of August, he said, I want a resignation here from from you guys. And, and so and I said, okay. And then I said, I don't want you working out here all your life. He said, you go get you an education, and then he said, you come back and we'll, we'll talk, but he said, you get that education. He said, if you're here on the 15th, he said, I'll fire you, and I'll see that you never work on the railroad again. <laughs> great. Yeah, so uh, he was he was quite a guy. He was a rough old boy, but I mean, that's... Good guy. Yeah, yeah that's... Uh, he was... He was Interested in, you know, people getting an education. Mm -hmm. So, and uh, so that, and then graduated from school and and uh, I worked on the signal department the rest of the rest of the time. Uh, one year, whoop, wait a minute. One year, uh, we had a guy that uh, got electrocuted on the signal department. So then they started checking everybody, and I was 15. So they said, you can't work out here anymore. You're a minor, and we just can't let you. So uh, I come home, and a friend of mine, <laughs> he had a brother that was going to school down at uh, Fayette uh, Methodist College, and he worked at the Broadmoor Hotel in Colorado Springs, and Glenn Clark. So he, he, uh, Glenn was already lined up, and I sort of tagged along. Uh, Fred told us to come out, and he could get us a job there at the Broadmoor. But we had to get from Marsh Lane 
to Colorado Springs. Colorado uh, Springs, Colorado. Yes. And uh, tell you what, that was in 1951, because Dick Button, uh, he was an um, Olympic uh, ice skating champion, and he was training there at the Broadmoor Hotel in their in their uh, ice rink, and we got to we'd sneak in there and wa wa watch that. But anyway, our job was to help Glenn and mine was anyway to help uh, with the golf course, help manicure it. And this it was, when you were still 15. 16. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but <laughs> we hitchhike now. You got to remember what. When this was, we hitchhiked from Marsh Lane to Colorado Springs. Clark and I. Our parents let us do that. Well, different times. Yeah, different times. Everybody said, your parents let you do that. Well, uh, you know. So then coming back, when, because uh, that was uh, my sophomore year and that'd be Glenn's uh, senior year. We had to get back here for football practice, so we lived out there. Uh, I think it was on the twelfth, twelfth day of August, and uh, started started back home. And we got a ride from Colorado Springs to St. Joe, Missouri. One ride. Wow! This guy was traveling, and so Zoom. That was that was a good lick, and then we <laughs> hitchhike on on here. We got to Brookfield, and, and we decided maybe our folks could come and get us. So <laughs> that's as far as we got there. Awesome. But that was quite an experience. So that's all the way up to graduation of high school. Uh -huh. And then I went to work right out of high school. I went to uh, well, I went one year uh, college. Uh, at university, and then I went two years up Kurtzville, and then uh, during that two years up Kurtzville, I hired out on railroad, and you was cut off a lot then. Uh, cut, uh, what does cut off mean? Well, you didn't. They'd run out of uh, personnel. Uh -huh. Okay, and so uh, business didn't need all those people. So they would lay you off oh, uh, instead of cut off, I guess, lay off. And uh, I was going to college, so it didn't, you know, that didn't affect. Then I'd get called back in December. Well, I wasn't out of college yet. So La Plata was a stop for all that. We had a lot of passenger trains back then. So I arranged my classes, another guy, Bill Stauffer and I, and we would get out of class at like 11 o'clock, and we had drive down to La Plata, which was, what, 12, 13, 13 miles, something like that, from Kurtzville. And we'd catch a passenger train and go to Fort Madison, Iowa, and then we would mark up then on an extra board. And hopefully, over the weekend there, you would make a trip, and then we would lay off and come back to La Plata on a passenger train, get in the car and go back up there for Monday morning classes. And we did that. And then uh, it got 
so I was going to have to make up my mind whether I was going to finish college or be a railroader. And so I went to the railroader. And that's when you became a conductor? Uh-huh, yeah. Well, a brakeman. I hired out as a brakeman. And, and Passenger or freight? Uh, both. Both. You could work both off the extra board. And back then you had to have four years of actual seniority. I mean, 365 days times four. And it took me eight years to get four years actual seniority. That's how much I was cut off. And I did a lot of other. Marceline had a taxi then. I drove a taxi. I drove for a guy that uh, had a rock business, fertilizer spreading. That uh, rock and fertilizer, Bud Niemeyer, uh, we drove for, for him. Glenn Clark and I. I mean, Glenn Miller, Glenn Miller. He was uh, another one of the guys that was hired out. He hired out in the engine service. He was cut off a lot back then. And so we drove trucks and spread lime and fertilizer and hauled cattle and everything else to St. Joe. And Do you remember the name of those companies, the taxi company and the trucking company? Mm -hmm. uh, well, it was just Neymar Trucking. And uh, the taxi, they had two taxis. They had Morgan Taxi Company. He was on Main Street, about where uh, Shriner is now. Along the, the three blocks, yeah. Uh huh, along there. And then Over Street was where those apartments are now. Uh, uh, back to Toy, toy Store. Oh. Yeah, yeah, Toy Store. Along there, he was, uh, he had his office there. Uh, I think originally he was from Buckland, I think, Over Street was. But that was the two taxis. And we were busy all all the time. Yeah, yeah, you'd uh, work around the clock, you know, and shift work. And uh, there was a lot of restaurants back then. You think there's a lot here? Well, they was open 24 hours a day then on account of the railroaders. Railroad crews, yeah. And so uh, they was open all night long, and some of the railroad crews would call, and, and uh, you'd go get them and put, take them to work or take them up to the restaurant and they'd eat. And, and then you'd pick them up and take them on down to the roundhouse that they, down there. And uh, you remember, how well do you remember the roundhouse here in Marceline? Uh, not very well, the whole roundhouse, I don't, but I, I can remember, remember it because uh, sometimes uh, when I was little now, my dad would take me down there and we'd watch them turn those steam engines back there and they, they would uh, turn them. And, uh, but uh, that's about all I can remember about that roundhouse and then when we when I started to work that part of it was done just the offices was down there and we went to where they had a the engine crews went to work at the roundhouse that would be the engineer and the fireman and the conductor and the brakeman went to work at the yard office which is up over up here by the overhead bridge on the south side of the overhead bridge, there was a building there, and it was just a one room, uh, maybe as big as this here. I had a 
restroom in there, and that's where the train crews went to work. And they, you had a rear brakeman, and he usually rode the caboose or the way car with the conductor. And you had a head brakeman, and he usually took the train orders because you had train orders. And you went, then you walked down to the roundhouse and down there, and you had to give those to the engineer. And, and uh, you usually picked up an engine uh, down there off the pit, and, and the train come in in the yards, and they would take that engine off, and you'd put yours on and leave out of the yards. And then later on, they did away with the yards, and everything come mainline. And then we went to work down to Roundhouse, and then we went to work up here at the depot eventually. When, uh, why did they move you to the depot? Uh, I just convenience. They wanted uh, the trains instead of they stopped down at the Roundhouse, so you'd have some crossing blocks up here longer because that train dragging down through there getting ready to stop. So they could stop up here, and it's faster. And they already had this building, and and everybody was there, and you had plenty of room. And they, yeah, and they had a, some rooms upstairs there, and that's where the train master was. And when I worked to work there, they had a superintendent, and he was stationed here. Uh, and he had a private car, and it was parked, and they run a steam line from the uh, city light plant. Uh, over there and of course they had boilers back then over there and so that's how they kept the thing heated and cooled in the summer and winter was there and they had a a spur track and that's where his his car sat and sometimes if something happened he had to I don't know where what they did but anyway we'd have to get it uh, and put it on a passenger train back then they always went on a passenger train back end of a passenger train and uh, do you I've I've heard that maybe there was a tunnel between the power plant and the depot have you heard anything or do you remember no, no. okay there's a steam tunnel is oh, there the, the steam tunnel is what they uh, I've been told I Next never two. I never did see, see it I, I've been in that basement up there but I never did see where uh Tunnel was I seen where the steam pipes come out, yeah. you know. But uh, but again, say the depot had their own heating system. Yeah. The only heating system uh, that went that I know of went out there to the superintendent's spur. Wasn't that the track that came right up by the freight house or by the well, came up by the? Uh, yeah, yeah, that was the, the old dock was out there. Yeah, that 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 was the the uh, come over here next to the park pond mm -hmm. up by uh, the lumber yard, the MFA. That was a team track, and then off of this team track, they had two spur tracks, and this one was a superintendent's, and this other, they just uh, he would store they would store a car in there every once in a while for mm -hmm. I don't know who or what but the uh, lumberyard had two three spots 
there. And then the elevator had the rest of that track. And then you come down here, and that track that the engine and everything's sitting on, they went up by the the uh, freight house. And that's, and they used to, I can remember seeing uh, Chevrolet, I don't know about Ford, but I can remember those guys up there unloading cars, uh, you know, automobiles out of those big box cars. Yeah. And I can't remember, I know there was, maybe there was three cars on the, maybe there was six cars in the, in those box cars. Hmm. I know they had two raised up, you know? Yeah. And so maybe there was just four in there. I don't know. Two underneath on each end. So yeah. there maybe there was, yeah, two up above, two down below. Maybe there was. But I can I remember. I've seen the pictures of them that they had them, you know, one, two, a couple of them ran just almost, almost standing on the end. Yeah, yeah, they were. And they'd get them out and, and then drive them out on that platform there. The old, that old MFA building that was at the back of Ripley Square? Or another building? Yeah, that used to sit. Yeah, the big wood building that was uh -huh. there. That was, that's the freight building you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, yes. Because uh -huh. uh, back then, if uh, you had anything come in on the railroad, uh, you know, why that is. Yeah. Everything. Well, that, that, that's where it was at. And they had a, they had a clerk there, you know, all the time. Uh, mm, let me think. Uh, Mousey Moore, uh, Emmett Moore, <laughs> was his name. They called him Mousey. He was a uh, clerk there, and so was uh, Hosford. Uh, Hosford was one uh, Ronnie Hosford's dad and I can't remember what his name was but those guys that was their office and then they had an agent that was over the whole thing he was he, uh, that building was his and he was God don't think he wasn't <laughs> Cause, yeah everything what he said went you didn't. You didn't argue with the agent. About the only one that could argue with him would be the superintendent. <laughs> and, uh, but I tell you what, you know, you you look back and you think, uh, even when we'd be playing up here in the park, messing around. Uh, back then, the railroad furnished money at each station for the they would cover their paychecks okay so every how many thousands of dollars here at Marceline that they'd ship it in here on a train okay and the baggage man was in charge of it on the on the car and he had to sign a receipt from the other baggage man you know and then the agent always the agent Got the, got the money, and he had to sign the receipt that he got the money. So anyway, and the checks, and the checks. Then they had to get that money to the bank. And those guys, now, and this was back, you know, when a lot of stuff was going on. 
Clyde. Yeah, Bonnie and Clyde and all that, and they'd come right across that park, carrying that satchel. Go down there and knock on the door, the bank, the back door, and they'd unlock it. And going in, I guess he got a receipt and all that stuff there for many, many times. Seeing, seeing, seeing that agent, and we knew, we knew what he had. He had money in that. But anybody, you talk about, I'd think it would have been an easy robbery, but for some dudes that, you know. Sure, bad guys. But every town was like that, like Rothville down here. They they had to cover the section. They had a section there, and they had to cover that, and so they'd send money, and then that agent would have to take it up to the to the bank. Every every place they had a the, back crew. then crew, uh, they had to furnish the money to cover those those checks. Yeah. You told me one time about the the agent and the pistols uh -huh. that they were provided. They were yeah. Um, Each agent was issued a pistol because on account of the money. Sure. Okay, all right. And uh, this one here was a, a 38. Ivor Johnson. I don't know who bought them out now, but that's what this one was. And we was going to work one night about 2 o'clock in the morning, and there was an operator, and this coal boy, which coal Cruz, was there, and you had to know this coal boy because he, he he'd do anything, and he and uh, so anyway they got talking about this pistol that was there in the safe, and so anyway they got how long has it been since I don't know how long has it been since well does it work I don't know well get it out so this operator went over and. Opened the safe and got it out, and this genie get he was a a hunter and everything, everything. So anyway, he rolled that cylinder on this thing, and he picked up one of these shells, and they was in the box, but they were green. So that's how long that brass on there had turned green. And he stuck that shell in there. And this uh, operator said, what are you going to do? And he said, I'm going to see if this thing will shoot. Or well, don't shoot it in here. He always said, I won't. So he stepped outside that north door up there. They caught that thing. And kabow! He come running back in. They put it in the case, locked the case up. He said, you'll have half the town up here. It worked. It worked. But each agent was issued that. And uh, they had a serial number on them. The manufacturer did, and they had a serial number of uh, uh, Santa from Santa Fe. No, 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 no. It was uh, Express Railway Express, American Railway Express. That's who furnished the or took care of the money situation. So that's who's. Serial number <coughs> or identification number was on those. There was two of them. Okay, <coughs> I've got I've got these questions from Ross now. Uh, on um, concerning the Uptown Theater, I asked you while ago, were there any uh, separate entrances for uh, no. colored people? No, no. Um, 
how many rows were designated for non-whites? Do you remember any? You didn't remember any? Well, they they'd take up two or three. Two or three. Oh uh, yeah, on, when they on that were, side, it's only probably five or six seats. So yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe more than that, yeah. but I mean that. I would say maybe. I know they didn't take up ten rows. Yeah. Yeah, probably five at the most. Uh, were there separate bathrooms no. and drinking fountains? No. Okay, I didn't remember any. No, no, there wasn't. Uh, were there? Uh, let's see, films. I didn't wear my glasses. Or moments when people of uh, of color were banned from the theater altogether. If so, please give a couple of examples. No, nothing. No, nothing that I can remember. The Carnegie Library, he said. Uh, was there a special area for people of color in the, at the library? I don't. I can't answer that. I don't. Uh, I don't remember seeing anybody up there. What do you remember? Did you ever go to the library? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Use it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Any any memories of the Marceline Library? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They. Uh, Mrs. McAllister. She was there forever. She was there when I was a kid, and she was there when I went to work on the railroad. <laughs> well, I remember, yeah. I remember yeah. yeah, she was she was there forever. But, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, we, we'd go up there, or you could go up there, and, and uh, there wasn't any, you know, if you wasn't playing back when we was younger, well, then you could go up to the library and, and read a book in, in that section, and they had those things where you put cards in, magnified, I don't know what they, oh, yeah. what they called, what they called them, but that was entertaining for mm -hmm. for us, and she was always, you know, shh, you gotta be quiet. <laughs> she was always on us about that, but yes, and uh, it, was, it, was ni it was nice back then. Uh, the post office uh, again. Anything different about the post office? How, how it operated? Or, uh, segregation. Yeah. Was there any segregation? Was there any segregation period that you remember in town? I remember you talking about the the, uh, the, the guys standing on the corner and on the, on the down by one of the buildings. Yeah. Uh, quite a few of the colored men would gather on the side of the bank and there was a, just a little ledge there the way it was made maybe it come down about that far and you could sit on that you know you had to have your feet wouldn't keep you back there but you could sit on that and they sat there and then on this side of the street there was a Kroger store and there was a basement in the Kroger store, and there were steps, railing, and everything going down to that. And the Marceline paper was downstairs at that, uh, underneath the Kroger store. And then Myers, or the old opera house across the street, 
it had a basement, but it was closed off. I mean, you couldn't go down there. They put a railing around it and, and blocked the steps off. Matter of fact, they took a lot of them out. Hmm. And uh, they were metal steps. Both, both places were metal. And later on, they made cement. But when I was a kid running up and down Howell Street, well, they, they were metal. Do you remember what building the Kroger grocery store was in? Or now what well, building it would it now, isn't it, what uh, is the park? Yeah, the that, little that, park, that, that little park. Oh, Daryl Gardner. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that that was the... Yeah, that was the Kroger store. It yeah. later became a Davis... Maytag, wasn't it? Maytag and... No, Davis it wasn't Maytag. Davis no, it wasn't. It was uh, Car Harold, Harold Payton. Harold Payton had it. It was... was uh, he sold paint. Appliances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Appliances. And then up above there was apartments. And, okay, that... Yeah, there was apartments up there. And then... The next building, no, no, I'm wrong, I'm wrong there. Well, yeah. There there was, a, there was a stairway, you walked in the grocery door, which was closest to Howe Street, mm -hmm. and then a little ways, about like this right here, then there was another door, and that went upstairs, and there was the... Telephone office. That's where the operators was for the telephone up there. Upstairs. Uh-huh. Okay. And uh, then on, that'd be on, the, let's say, the north side, going up those steps, that was the uh, operators. And on the south side, there was two apartments there. And uh, two widow women lived up there. And because they used to deliver groceries over from West Falls, and their uh, name, one of them was Harity, and I can't remember who the other one was, but we used to deliver groceries up there to them, and you could hear those operators in there, you know, answering the calls and everything, and uh, that's where the, the Bell Telephone was back then. And the store under the Bell Telephone, well, that was a, well, I remember it as a, a five, Ben Franklin. Uh-huh, yes. the Ben Franklin store. Right. Yeah, it was a dime store, Ben Franklin dime store. And then and of course this. The, the other three buildings that burnt in 63. Yeah, was Maurice's. Maurice's and. And uh, uh, it would be Harry Carter, I mean, his. But it'd be uh, Fadler's building, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Is that Reese's before she moved into the Allen Hotel? Or, because no, no, the Allen Hotel had Reese's confe confectionery, right? Not that I know not of. Not that I ever know. Uh, no. Okay. Uh, not that I can. Uh, she was always, always in her home. She was always home. down there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, she, uh, she. You know, had mulled Sundays, whatever, you know, and sandwiches. And had a little jukebox in there and a little dance floor. Hmm. 
in chairs and and you could go in there and play the jukebox and dance and on. Was that a big high school hangout? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Lomar's was up there. It, it was just strictly drugstore and, and soda fountain and uh, comic books. <laughs> Everybody went in there and grabbed a comic book and, and uh, got a soda. And then, uh, but, uh, yeah, Reese's was there a long, long time. What do you remember about Ripley Square? I mean, the pond used to be the whole width of the park, mm-hmm. the gazebo, uh, the fountain, any, anything Well, else? I can remember when... Uh, I can remember the cannon sitting over there, and of course, then they donated that to the Civil War uh, uh, Second World War. You know, they come and got all the metal around, and they had that cannon, and they donated that. And I can remember a gazebo, but what I can remember most about the about the pond, of course, if you didn't work for the railroad, and which my dad didn't, you couldn't swim down at the country club because that was a railroad so you had to be a member of the work on the railroad in order to be a member there so that made either Muscle Fork or Yellow Creek or the Park Pond (laughs) that was where you swam and down here on this end uh, well where that basketball court is probably a little further down there they had uh, Spirea bushes, gobs of spirea bushes, real thick, okay? And the only thing down there was the post office at the end of that street there, and, and then the lumber yard. There was a lumber yard that backed up there. Not, not the post office that's here now. Yeah, yeah. Same that, one, okay. Uh-huh, same one. Okay. Same one. All right. When you come up here to swim... The boys would go behind those bushes and change clothes, <laughs> and the girls would go over in the basement of the library and change clothes, and then you'd come back and you'd swim. That's great. Yeah. Did you do you remember? I've heard that there were you could rent canoes on that pond or some kind of boats or something. Any memories of that? No, I don't remember any boats. I can all I can remember is swimming and then. In the winter time, when they they would drain it down, and then it'd freeze over, and you, they'd play shinny. We didn't play ice hockey. We played shinny, you know, with a tin can and and a stick, and you'd get beat up good, you know. <laughs> but anyway, that's what we that's what we used to do on the park pond in the winter time. The only time I remember, some there were some boats on the park pond. I think it was during Fourth of July. Fourth, Fourth of July, they, the JCs or somebody had, yeah. you know, you could go around. Got it. Yeah, that, that's the only time I can remember uh, any boats being on, being on uh, on that. And uh, do you remember when they brought in the steamer, the locomotive? Like 55? Well, I, I can, but I don't remember the exact year, but I can remember them bringing it in. And Doggy Reynolds said that he was on the crew that brought that in. Oh, was he? Crew. 
Okay. Um, yeah, because they set it out, and then the local, yeah, we still had a switch screw here then. Did they, uh, what'd they do, build that track? Uh-huh, they build built. Just a temporary spur off the off of that other track right. that was there? Uh-huh. Into that spot? Right. Because I know when we worked on the engine last year, at the end of the ties are all stamped 55, I believe. Uh-huh. Do you remember if they brought it in under power or did they tow no, it? No, no, they towed it in, yeah. It, it wasn't, well, it wasn't, I don't know how long it had been since it had been run, but it had been a while. Got it. And uh, it still had cushions in it up there for the engineer and and them it still had that had the armrest still had the armrest there in the windows you know right. yeah windows. yeah yeah uh had that but other than that i can't remember too much okay too, too much about it and when did the wake our the caboose show up you know i don't remember what year that was uh that's why we're asking guys like you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't remember the year that we put that in there. Um, so. I don't know either. Do you do you ever remember them rebuilding the gazebo? Obviously, it's not the original one. It's yeah, no, no. They I can remember when they built this in here. Yeah. Kent Robertson uh-huh. was involved with that. That was for the bison. Uh, bicentennial, wasn't it? Yes. Yes, it was. He came back and uh, got, was involved and got raised money. The 70, that'd be 76, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. So he, 75, so, uh, 4, or someplace, and started getting money for it. Right. Uh, if I remember when I was a little... It was bigger than that because I can remember the band, the Marceline School, being up there, you know, in concerts. They used to have concerts. I can, I can remember that. And uh, so I always thought it was bigger than that because back then, you yeah, had a pretty good-sized band back in those days. So I would say it was bigger than that. When you were a kid. Yeah, yeah. And then... Then they rebuilt it in the 70s. And... Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, matter of fact, I think they tore the other one down, and there wasn't one over there for a few years. Yeah, I don't ever remember one before the seventies. Yeah, if, if, I, if I remember right, they hmm. just finally, you know, they, they did away with uh, most of the activities. About the only thing was Fourth of July that took place back then, and uh, so there wasn't. I guess they felt there wasn't a need for it. Any other any other memories of Marceline of anything? People, places, oh, yeah. events? People, I remember some... Talk to us about Wampus. Okay. Wampus was a colored man that uh, come to Marceline, uh, I think originally to Carrollton, I think was the original place, but I'm not for sure about that. But anyway, and uh, he did some odd jobs uh, for a while, but he was an entertainer. 
and uh, he could play a, a comb. Hmm. He had a little old horn. Now, this was back during the war, but a lot of these high school boys would tease him, and he'd get really mad. I can remember that at him because they'd call him Tojo or Mussolini, or they'd call him, you know, a German, you know, or, or huh. Japanese. Oh, he'd get mad. And uh, his only money that he had was be what people would give him, you know, for entertaining. Uh, I always heard that he could get two cue balls in his mouth at the same time. He had a big, he did, he had a tremendous mouth on him. <laughs> and uh, he'd sing and dance, and of course, trains would come in, and so he'd go up there and entertain the people while the train was sitting there being uh, fueled and, and inspected and everything when there was a lot of passenger trains. So he did that. And uh, there was a cleaner's, uh, in town, uh, Thomas, B.J. Thomas, and it was along in there about where Bruce Buck is now, and uh, Mr. Uh, he would let him stay in the basement, and he would fire that furnace for him and keep keep the heat going all, and he let him stay in the basement basement there hmm. but he just wandered up and down the street and he he stopped and plays um, comb or his little horn or do a little dance and that that that's what I never did know him to outside of maybe taking care of uh, the furnace uh, the furnace uh, really having a job so uh it was uh, modern technology. <laughs> I don't know who you are. You're good with questions? Yeah, he had his questions, but they were pretty well repeated. But the other ones were, you know, like uh, the library. And the uh, there was a, a colored man. His name was uh, <coughs> Bill. <laughs> old Bill, but he was he was an older colored man. You talking about? I was still living over on this side of town, <coughs> and. Uh, when when he would uh, <coughs> meet uh, a woman on the street, he would step off in the gutter oh. and tip his hat. Wow. Uh, Bill Caswell. Caswell was his last name. And he, you know, he would entertain you a little bit. Uh, but he, we, as kids, always liked to listen to his stories, you know. And he'd say, "Old Bill, old Bill, 
was a slave, and uh, he'd lift up his pant leg, and he had some awful scars, and he said that was from from the leg chains. Wow! So I, 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 I as a kid, that's a memory. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's what I can re- remember about him, and him stepping off and tipping his hat to to uh, the the women, you know. Yeah. Other than that, uh, I can't tell you too much uh, about about what he what he did either. Sure. Uh, uh, the guys either uh, you know they just did odd jobs and, and survived. Uh, the colored people okay. did. Well, there was uh, he did ask about uh, the Allen Hotel. Were there any? Do you ever remember any of the? Colored people working there as porters or anything. Oh like that. yeah, oh yeah. I can remember they had a cook, uh, Marie Gore. Mm-hmm. She she worked there, and uh, now I know she cooked. I don't know if she cl- if she cleaned or not. But uh, she cooked on the old wooden. I mean, uh, wood, stove. wood stove. Yeah, wood stove. Wow. It, it was like that one that used to be up here in the Masonic Temple. Inez told me that. She said that the one that was over there was similar to that. It was a great big old thing. You know, had three ovens. And, of course, they used to do a lot of cooking over there because uh, all the salesmen would come in on trains back then, and they'd stay at the hotel. And uh, when I was growing up, the woman that owned it was name was Metzger, and she had a son that was in my class, uh, my sister's class. He was four years older now, and his room was right up here on this corner. Oh yeah. On this corner. Wasn't that James? Yeah, James Metzger was his name. He came back here. We had him back here in. I was working at the bank and on the, in the Chamber of Commerce. We had him here. He was a speaker, motivational yeah. speaker. Uh huh. Right. And yeah. he came back and spoke. Right. I just saw him one time at the at the banquet. He was he was back for mm-hmm. I don't know what what year it was that uh, honored class. I can remember yeah. that. But did you uh, ever eat at the Allen Hotel or do anything? No, there? no, never, never. Never did eat there, and uh, uh, what I can remember about his mother, she was a pretty tall woman, but she always had these big hats. I mean, looked like, uh, you know, the Mexican sombrero, a big hat. She (laughs) always had a big hat. You know, of course, back then women wore hats, and and uh, going to church and different functions. Why, she always had that big, big hat on. I, that's what I can remember about her. And, of course, James, he, he was up there in his room, and he'd holler and carry on people going by all the time. Whenever he'd make a good grade in school, he would put it up on the window, the paper. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you... <laughs> So yeah, yeah, which he didn't. <laughs> he didn't have too many papers up there. <laughs> didn't have it that often. Okay. 
but but yeah, he was he was uh, pretty hungry. Well, John, you're just going to have to wait. That's all there is to it. Well, uh, I, I mean, I can't think you know, of anything else. And, and is there anything else that you can, uh, you know, really think of that you want to, uh, you know, elaborate about? Because I, uh, I know there's other things that, you know, you can think of that. Yeah. Uh, other people, uh, people that were. You know, uh, well, this this where we're sitting here. When I was uh, middle school, yeah, middle school, I would say yes. Uh, this was a bowling alley. This part of this building. Really? Yes. Wow. Yes, and I think there was either four lanes. I think. And that part over there was a pool hall. Yeah. In the Magnolia building. Yeah, that was a pool hall. And then down below in the basement was a skating rink. I've heard of that, a roller a roller skating uh, yeah, rink. Yeah, roller skating rink, yes. Yeah, you swung in around all those pillars and everything down there in that, <laughs> in that basement, yeah. Did you ever roller skate there? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, plate pool, right there. Because uh, where that stairway is, that was, that was all open. That was all open. That was a pool hall wow. over there. And then, because Ole Noah and I set pins here. Okay. You uh, were a pin setter. Yeah, I was a pin setter here one time. Yeah. And. Uh, when you were in junior high school. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. So. See, the first I remember of this building was when it was Bill Bob's IGA. Uh huh. That's the first I remember. Yeah. That, uh, and there was a car dealership here. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I've seen, I've seen pictures of the car dealership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was a showroom. Mm-hmm. And then they did maintenance down below. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about, like, uh, Zercher, uh, Mr. Zercher? He, uh, uh, I know he was in business here a long time. And, yes, he was, yeah. Um, anything special, unique? Did you ever go in there? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. That, he had... Uh, he had the railroad watches. Yeah, he, he was a railroad inspector for watches. Back then, you had to have your watch inspected every year. Yeah. And it was a pocket watch. It wasn't no wrist watch. Yeah. And, uh, but he had... Uh, uh, Phillips, uh, uh, brand of uh, record players uh, and radios and things like that, and he had records, and that was the only place I know that I can remember that you could buy records hmm. in town, and uh, he kept those pretty much up to date. And then the forty fives come out, you know, and and. Uh, but uh, I can remember them having those big records, and and people would go in there, and you know that's that's where they bought the records. And uh, that's one thing. Of course, then he had dishes. You know, people uh, back then, marriage. You know, everybody had a, a design for the, and he handled all kinds of of. Uh, 
Yeah, the uh, silverware and the and the dishes. Yeah. Yeah. Wedding gifts. Wedding, wedding gifts, gifts, yeah, and yeah. things uh, things like that. Yes. And uh, let's see, who else would be? Uh, oh, old man. Uh, shouldn't say old man. Uh, what was his name? Uh, Murray store. Yeah, Murray, but this guy was a, he was over on this side of the, uh, shoot, they, they, they lived up here where Kling Smith lives now. What was the shop? What was the store? Uh, it was a clothing store, like like Murray's, but it wasn't quite that big. Uh, Smythe, no, 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 that was a different one. Uh, I remember her driving that car. Yes. Thelma, Thelma. Anyway, anyway, I can remember him because he always, he was another George Lomar. He always had a cigar in his mouth. Mm -hmm. And and I'll tell you another thing. Back then, barbershops, because uh, if you got up there early, you didn't have to sit and wait, you know, in line. You first in, first, <laughs> first in the chair. And uh, all these businessmen, they got up there early. I don't know how early, uh, but anyway, before they'd go to work and they'd have a shave, and that barber would shave them. I can remember Tang Humper and those guys, you know, having the lights on early in the morning because mom would tell me, get up there and get your hair cut before. That way you won't be up there all day, you know. And so I'd go up there and you'd have to wait till he got all these, and they'd have their suits on, you know, and they'd undo their necktie and then uh, he'd shave them and, and then they'd go to work so I can remember that all the grocery stores I've been told uh, many times in the books that we had 11 or 13 grocery stores around town mm-hmm right uh, yes that number sounds right yeah uh, back oh yeah every Neighborhood had a little old grocery store. They had a, a little meat counter, you know, uh, uh, usually sandwich stuff, but I guess they did have some steaks, but uh, I can remember the sandwiches and cheese. And, uh, oh, like <clears throat> uh, where Lawrence Fields lives, over here on Sunday. Chicago Street? Chicago. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Second house, you know, the first house there is a two-story. I don't mm -hmm. know who lives there. And then Lawrence Field. All right. Harper's lived there. And he got injured, hurt on the railroad. And anyway, of course, he was out of a job. So they opened up a store. And what they did, his garage, he had a garage. And they jacked that garage up and moved it up there even with the house and then converted it into a little old store building. 
Then you go down on Hauser Street, where uh, uh, Thornton, Helen Thornton, uh, and Tom Tom Thornton and them live. Mm -hmm. All right, there's two doors, or there was two doors. There's Stella lives there now, and he he did away with one of those doors. But there was two doors on that porch, and they lived in the uh, the west part of it, and the east part of that was. A grocery store hmm. and then over across the tracks and the uh, second house from Kansas Avenue so on the same street now this cross railroad track Tippett had a little old store there hmm. and then later on uh, Mitch Staples hmm. had it he had it there was a little old store there and uh, then uh, uh, going on down the highway, right across from the school, Halls, there, it was Halls, and I don't know, I guess uh, Shooties owned it yeah. uh, later on. Yeah, that's true. But anyway, that was, and I can remember, that, of course they had an open uh, lunch hour, and the kids that lived in the country would bring lunch, and some of them did, and some of them, they'd walk over there, and she would slice them some meat, and they'd sit out there on the curb and, and sandwich. Eat, eat their sandwich during that. And then he went on down on uh, Lake Street, Riley's. Clarence Riley had a little old grocery store. That'd be about three blocks from, or something like that from the high school, four blocks. And then another couple blocks on down the street from Riley's, you had Adair's store. And that's where the colored people that went to Dalton High School, that's where they gathered. She'd let them come in there, all these colored kids. And a bus from Dalton would come up to Winston's in high school and pick them up. And I understood that they picked the ones up over at Brookfield, too and took them to Dalton to the high school. And then in the evening, they'd bring them back and let them off there to their store. Uh, I can remember that when I, that's, when I was pr pretty young. So you ended up uh, working for Santa Fe, which meant you could use the Santa Fe Country Club. Uh -huh. Do you have any memories of the park, of the country club, the building? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. When, when, uh, then for some reason <clears throat> they opened it up because we still lived, I was still living over here. On Howell? On Howell Street when they opened that, that up and we joined my dad. I could even remember what the dues was, but anyway. Uh, Sorry, wait. Um, before. They opened it to the public to join. Yes, yes. So you didn't you, you didn't have to be okay uh, an employee of the railroad, and uh, we joined. And because uh, I can remember, you know, walking down there, and uh, uh, anyway, they they had this big clubhouse, and they would have dances, and it was. Well, back then it was humongous, and I guess it really was. And down, that was upstairs. They had a big 
room up there, and that's had a jute box up there, and then they had two rooms off of that that faced east, and one of them was what they called the coke room, coat room, when they had these big dances, but I guess they set up, uh, that's where they hung the coats, because there's always hangers and and rods and everything in this one room. And then this other room, I, I don't know what it was. And then downstairs, uh, <clears throat> on the uh, west side, the building set north and south. And on the west side, there was two rooms, and they were like meeting rooms, people, you know, different organizations. We used to have our union meetings down there when I went to work down there at the country club. And then the rest of it downstairs was living quarters for the caretaker. Oh. They had a caretaker. And about half of that building set out over the water, you know. And uh, so that, that made it pretty interesting. And then the caretaker, they had a... Uh, there was a porch that went all the way around upstairs no not upstairs upstairs just faced the lake the the porch did but downstairs it went clear three sides of the building two sides I guess it'd be and there's a uh, picture that comes up up here and just oh was it okay it, 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 they've got a picture uh, it's on the still okay uh, but Anyway, they uh, they would have dances, and that was a meeting thing. And the stairs, guys, during those stairs must have been, oh, my, 12 foot, uh, you know. Wide? Uh, wide, yeah. It went, uh, went up there. Oh, that's right, the entrance. Yeah, the entrance yeah. going upstairs, yeah. And uh, uh, caretaker then, they had the opportunity to, you know, make sandwiches and hamburgers and what, you know, because everybody was swimming and candy bars and pop and all that. And then at every uh, Labor Day, that's when everything quit, you know. That's when they always, the moss come in and the water wasn't good, you know. You, you know, you couldn't swim. And, uh, so then they would, McAllister's run the creamery, and they'd have a big party for all the members, and they'd furnish the ice cream, cup, and I guess the women made cakes, and they'd have ice cream and cake, and everybody, and they'd have, uh, they'd have tennis tournaments, and they'd have croquet. They had a big croquet, nice croquet court there, and uh, they would have croquet and then they'd have rowing you know boats they they rented boats out for like a dollar a day or a dollar for three hours I can't remember what it was but you could rent a boat and uh, if you got tired you know and sometimes you'd go fishing sometimes you'd just get a bunch of people in there and, and go but anyway uh, that took place down there on uh, Labor Day, and that that was usually the end of the swimming season because school was going to start anyway, and sure. 
that's what it was. But they they used uh, they used that a lot that country club that uh, dance floor up there. See, back then the only buildings in this town where you could have something was a Masonic temple or the country club that would hold a big group of people. I can remember junior and senior banquets up here at Masonic Hall, and I thought that was a big, big place, <laughs> you know. And then when I joined the lodge, I thought, gee, well, that's not very big at all. <laughs> and we had, you know, sports banquets up there and, and everything like that. I think the only reason why they didn't have it down to country club because they had coat all that, tote all that <clears throat> food up those steps. <laughs> probably the only reason why they didn't do it there. Uh, but those uh, those two factors it was it was the meeting places in in Marsland. That's great. So it was it was it was different. And then when I was going over here at Park School. Recess, if your folks gave you the money, well, then you could run over at McAllister's, which is the, where the Eagles are, Eagles, and see, that was just zoom over there, and you could get you an ice cream bar or something, you know, at recess. Was that whole building an ice cream factory? Uh-huh, yeah. Wow. Creamery. Yeah. Creamery, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's where, and they had their own brand of ice cream, too. Frozen gold, wasn't it? Rose, frozen. I don't remember that. I don't remember that. Yeah, fro I think frozen gold or something. And they had their own pop. They had uh, they made pop there. I know I've I've seen some old uh, well, was, bottles, yeah, bottles of pop. I've you seen know. some bottles. But uh, I knew, but I I knew that it was the creamery. You know that that building housed it, but I yeah. don't remember any of that, and I don't you know I never. But yeah. That that was, uh, and it was a that school was a two-story building. Park, and so was Central. It was it was two-story building. Uh, I think that's about all I can remember. I mean, uh, right off the top of my head. It's good. Well, when you come back from Texas, we'll have to do it again and have some more questions. (laughs) Uh, I can remember. Uh, a shoe cobbler. We had two different shoe cobblers, or shoe repair, I guess. We called them cobblers. Meanie Santas, which was down here at the end of this. Uh, it'd be about... Uh, no, it wouldn't be down that far. It'd be about where uh, the Knights are, that building. Cause, yeah, it's in... It's in Because there, there was a filling station on the end there. Yeah. But anyway, it was just a little old place there and he had uh, shoe repair there and then Mr. Craig and he was up there uh, were uh, making light uh, electric or what it is uh, on the east side of that building he had a trailer and it looked like one of these old carnival trailers that had the big wheels on it Everything and that he had his shoe business in there, and then later on he moved it down. Uh, okay, I don't know what street it is, but it's one street 
north of the baseball field. Booker. Uh, is that Booker? All right, right there at the corner of Booker and what's that street that comes up from the baseball field? Uh, uh, that first Mayberry? street. Or, uh, right Chest- by the... Chestnut, isn't it? Chest- right by the uh, schoolhouse, the old schoolhouse. Chestnut. Okay, right there at that corner of Booker and there, he put that trailer there and that was his shoe repair. Hmm. But um, Mr. Sanders could fix anything, but he'd gripe and, <laughs> oh my, you'd think. Meanie Sanders. That's right. That's the, it, and that it, name, it, that it, name it, stuck it. with him, yeah, because, oh yeah, you know, he'd, well, why didn't you wear them out before you brought them to me? You know, <laughs> I mean, he, he was, oh yeah, I think he was grouchy and everything, but he'd, he'd fix your shoes. And he fixed a lot of. Equipment over at school, football equipment. Sure. Yeah, shoulder pads and hip pads. He could he could re- repair them pretty good. He, uh, the next time we do this with, with Jack, we'll have to have him talk about the nicknames. The oh, nicknames <laughs> for everybody. Uh, railroad railroaders, especially, and I'm sure a lot of other places, but the railroad, everybody. A lot of people have nicknames. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and they referred to them as sure as that. You know, if you didn't know didn't know them, well, you, you didn't know who they were <laughs> talking about. Right. Because a lot of people went by that name. Yeah. You know? And uh, yeah, it, it's uh, that was interesting. I tell you what's interesting. I think is where tarpening has cleared that ground down there. Yeah. We'll see what see what's happening with that. Yeah. It's very confusing because there's nothing on, there's no records or anything about what's happening out there. Well, he's uh, <clears throat> he bought that, uh, okay. Past Coal Town, right? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, right across from the uh, Special Road District's building. Yeah. Okay, that piece of ground in there. Yeah. Tartaring got that. Oh, and, and Well, you got to go down there, and he bulldozed that off. Okay. The railroad track comes up there to Walsworth and stops, you know, mm-hmm. they butted it on. Well, it used to go used on. used to go on down to the old All right, well, he's, that's his roadway. You look at that, and uh, he told me, I was talking to him the other day, and he wanted to know, he said, can you remember it? He said, I can't. I said, no, I can't remember anything but stopping up there about where Walsworth was on the other side of that. Well, see, that railroad track went all the way down there. There was an old mine down there. Well, back in there, on further east, is where the mine was. But he, you can tell that that was a railroad track because of the different colored. Uh, have you been down and looked at it? No, not at that. I mean, I probably seven months ago I went down there, but oh. I didn't go all the way back. And- yeah, well, anyway, he's... He's done it. I don't. I, I, he had that gate. He's got a gate up there now across that road because I think somebody been back in there. But he said, you know, he said I don't know where that old shaft is. See, that's what he wanted to know. And I said, you know, he said that makes you a little Larry running back in there with a dozer, <laughs> you know, because he said, yeah. Well, you know, that's like the old Landreth mine out here in the uh-huh. west side of town. I don't know if there's anybody alive now that can tell us where that where that was at actually. Uh, 
and then the green mine out here where uh, Pringer owns, you know. Uh-huh. Well, I know where that shaft is, and you do too. Because yeah, uh, uh, when uh, McCandless owned it. Yeah. Okay. He told me that they told him to fence that off. Where You know, there's a pond up there close to the railroad mm-hmm. track. That's the shaft. They filled it, and for okay. some reason, then it, it sunk a little bit, and it hold in water. <laughs> so he said he didn't, you know, he didn't want his cows and horses. They had horses then getting in there because he's afraid they'd stomp and go on down through there. So the, he he put that fence around there. I don't know if there's still a fence around it or. Or nothing. I, you know, when I quit work, working on the railroad, I don't go down by there. Yeah. But that's the shaft. Okay. And McCandless, McCandless, Mr. McCandless, told me that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, well, I know, I know where that is. But this in here, that's what Dwayne said. He said he, he was just a little leery about doing <laughs> doing too much further east, because he didn't know where that shaft was at, and nobody. Around here can tell him now, mm-hmm. unless he come across some. Got to be some old maps somewhere. Yeah, but before before you go, we'll stop recording. But I got a couple things to show you before you leave. Okay, all right. I'm gonna have to go. I need to get home. So, but here, Jack, here's some three checks. Okay. All right. Thank you, sir. So the one of them is the picture you're talking about with the cannon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm guessing that this is a picture of when this building was built because there's nothing in the windows. And the cannon is still there, and it's before Masonic Temple was built. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm getting. I think the the cornerstone that says 1914 out front, right? I don't know. Yeah, uh, sure. On this, I, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you a little bit, a little story. Oh, hold on. About these two organizations. Don't record it. But anyway, the Masonic Temple was built before this building was. No, no, nope. no, I'm taking it back. I take it back. I take it back. But anyway, they wanted to be the biggest building. So three stories. <laughs> now, the old members of, of the IOF yeah, told me that. Oh, that there was a conflict. See, the, they both met together. I mean, in the same building. And they used the same regalia. Oh. And anyway, they got a ruffle someplace along the line. They don't, you know, they, they couldn't remember who, who got ruffled. But that's when they said, okay, we'll just build our own building. <laughs> so now I'll tell you something else. You've been upstairs on the third floor. Of this building? Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. You know those stair steps? Yeah. Okay. Going up there. <clears throat> Holy Flory, mother told me this. She said, on Saturday nights they'd have a dance. Well, they 
they couldn't use the second floor because that was the lodge halls. So, and an upright piano, and we had it still out there at that time. The men would get that air, and they would carry that up those steps to that third floor. Oh, my gosh. Now, you know how narrow those things are. Yes. And I said, oh, you got it. She said, yes. And then after the dance, they'd carry it back down so they could have lodge on, on Monday night. Wow. Now, and I said, <clears throat> no wonder them guys, you know, coal miners and whatever, <laughs> Oh man! But I, I I looked at that stairway and I just can't imagine how they got that how they got that up there.